Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. This afternoon, I'm going to continue the discussion on co-suffering with Jesus. This is a very important doctrine for believers to understand. Uh, The New Testament attests to this radical reality of co-suffering with Jesus in many verses. And so it behooves us to have a very deep understanding uh, as believing ones of this doctrine. Now, I'm using the term, I prefer using the term believers or believing ones because that is uh, closer to the New Testament term uh, pistis. Uh, and so this is the, the term that's used also in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We are, we are constantly believing ones. Now, there are those who at a point in time said or professed uh, belief in Jesus. And so in the Greek, that would be the error. At a point in time, a certain individual or a certain group of persons stated or profess to follow Jesus. However, in the New Testament, particularly in the book of John, where the word believe is used over 98 times, John's understanding and the, and the word that he uses means to believe at a point in time and then to continue on in that belief. That is, maturing in that understanding, there is to be a depth of awareness as to one's new relationship, be a new understanding that now one is conjoined with Jesus in a vital manner. And so this is imperative. It is imperative that we understand this new reality in Christ. Now, in the New Testament, the prepositional phrase in Christ is used by Paul in his 13 letters over 147 times. The prepositional phrase in Christ is is imperative that believers understand what Paul means. In the Greek New Testament, the preposition in, E-N, uh, plus the object of the preposition Christ or Christos is very important. For instance, the preposition N uh, means locative of seer. It, it refers to the location of the believer. The believer is said to be within the, the sphere of 
Christ. En, E-N, in Greek, is also a preposition of rest. It's a preposition of rest. Everything about you and I. Everything about this new reality is centered in him, in Christ. So the believer at the point of salvation is baptized into the body of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Believer, come he has the that high that radical hiatus has occurred. The uh, this person is no longer a sinner. In uh, the New Testament, the word sinner, harmophilos, refers to one who is devoted to sin. The word sinner in the New Testament, in the Greek New Testament, is an adjective. Sinner. So the believing one, uh, we, we will never find in the New Testament, either the Greek or the English uh, New Testament, we'll never find the, the term or the statement, I am a sinner, I am, present tense, I am a sinner, Hermarchalos, that is one who is devoted to sin, I am a sinner saved by grace. You will not find that type of uh, word arrangement uh, or syntax within the New Testament. Or in, the, or in the English New Testament, you will not find those words arranged in that manner. I am, present tense, a sinner. It is a contradiction of the finished work of Christ. You are no longer a sinner. You have been placed within the sphere of Christ. You are now a saint. You are now set aside unto God through Christ Jesus. So you have a brand new position. You are no longer a sinner, one, the Hermarchalos, one who is devoted to sin. The believer must grow up into him in all things. So the believer grows, and God uses suffering. God uses suffering in our lives to bring us to spiritual maturity. Now, there are believers, believing ones who are really saved, but who are really carnal. The Greek word is thark. They they live according to the flesh. They walk according to the flesh. And in Galatians 5, Paul talks about the work that is the energia the energy of the flesh. The energy of the flesh. And uh, the believer who walks in the flesh is not a spiritual winner. He is weighed down by sin. And so this believer who is walking in the flesh looks like he or she is unsaved. But they are trapped in the energy and the works of the flesh. Now, Galatians chapter 6 tells us uh, what our attitude is 
is to be toward those who have been trapped uh, in paraptomai. What are we are to still restore them in a spirit of weakness, consider uh, of meekness, considering ourselves, considering ourselves, not to pass judgment on them. To pass judgment is to pass sentence on them. The Book of James tells us there is one judge, one judge, and he is standing at the door. So, all right with regard to suffering, suffering, and Romans 8. Romans 8, 18, Paul writes these words, quote, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the one who subjected, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. So, understand that God knows that you and I suffer and that we experience suffering as his children. He understands. And also, uh, let's take a look in Paul's letter uh, to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians Chapter 1, beginning at verse 22, reads, at verse 27, reads, Whatever happens in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that my God. Verse 29. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Now, beloved, God, as I said earlier, unquote, uh, God understands that you and I suffer. And it is important that as believing ones, we understand that God uses suffering to grow us up in God so that we will stop leaning on our own understanding and in all our ways uh, to acknowledge Him. Now, I realize that this gospel is not popular with the common church that loves common music, that loves uh, sermons that are not very edifying and that do not uh, handle the word of God right. So, God does know his plans for you. 
but uh, and God has plans to prosper you in Christ. The prosperity that Paul speaks about, prosperity within one's soul. God's prosperity for us is within our soul. When our souls are filled with Bible doctrine, when we are godly, when we understand, as Paul understood in his very powerful ministry, what suffering with Christ really meant. Many believers understand and have suffered with Christ. And they have lost their lives. They have suffered the loss of their earthly possessions. Please read the book of Hebrews. Please read the Bible. Please read and understand what the Bible states. And uh, you and I cannot uh, grow in Christ just reading books on apologetics. This has gone beyond now mere intellectual understanding and the ability to have a conversation with the unsaved. If that were all we needed, then Jesus would have left us a huge book on apologetics. Instead, he left us the spiritual writings of Paul and John and Mark and Luke and the prophets of the Old Testament. God left us vital meat. God left us what we needed, not what we wanted. There are those today whose ears are being tickled by false prophets. They have gathered teachers unto themselves that titillate uh, their ears or what they want because many of these individuals can no longer put up with sound doctrine. They don't want to hear it. But if you want to grow in the Lord, and I believe you do, find a way to join yourself to this ministry or other ministries where the Word of God is faithfully taught so that you can understand his word and be built up in the spirit in Christ Jesus. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.